Welcome to the Gravidow Podcast. My name is Rick, and I'm bringing you some of the best and brightest minds from all over the decentralized world and in Web3. This week, I was joined by Jeff and Nathan, some of the project leads at the Web3 Builders Alliance. The Web3 Builders Alliance is enabling the next generation of blockchain developers. After experiencing many headaches trying to get quality talent to join several teams, this team came together to provide quality talent to the rest of the Web3 world and also develop a professional network that will pay off down the line. In my opinion, building out a professional network is one of the most important aspects of creating the next generation of Web3 adopters. If you like this content, please take a second to like, follow, and subscribe, and make sure to follow the Web3 Builders Alliance in the description down below. That's all for me. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Yeah, my name is Jeff and I'm with uh, Web3 Builders Alliance. A little bit of background on on, um, where I'm coming from. I recently retired from a 30-year career in education where I wore about as many different hats as you could think of. Uh, from being a high school English teacher to uh, an administrator, technology integrationist, curriculum designer, um, all in the independent school sector here in the States, um, and retired to come and do Web3 full-time a couple weeks ago. And um, part of the reason for that was uh, that, you know, we were building this tremendous pro- project that, you know, allows me to merge my passion for Web3 and for education into one really cool idea and uh, teamed up with, with some great guys. And we were originally on Terra, uh and as we know that uh likely is not the best place for us to do this at the moment so we felt liberated and we've gone entire cosmos wide and we're really excited about that well first off congratulations on a a 30-year teaching career that's incredibly impressive and like i know i know you've been very passionate you've spoken to me in the past about how passionate you are about educating and teaching for the future and um and so I am curious to now just learn a little bit about the team behind the Web3 Builders Alliance, because I know you've all been involved in different projects, each in your own way. Uh, how did you all come together? I'm, I'm sure there's a, a Terra aspect to this, some some of the classic <laughs> Terra Luna projects uh, involved here. But yeah, if you mind just telling me a little bit of the, about the background story of the Web3 Builders Alliance. Cool. So yeah, we um, way back when, and I think it's the first time you and I met, um, I had a little project that I hacked on over on Polygon as my first foray into uh, leading a project. And uh, through that, it was a a predictive market game that generated charitable funds. And so I connected with Chauncey through that as a recipient, as Angel Protocol to be a recipient of uh, that stream of funds. And so we obviously, uh, we, we kicked it off and, and, uh, and hit it off rather and, and uh, enjoyed each other and kept in touch. So I guess about December, I was in uh, a founders chat room and over in uh, on Telegram with a bunch of Terra founders, and the conversation was all about um, the excitement about the growth of Terra and the impending bottleneck caused by the dearth of qualified, verifiable developers and the barrier to entry for really good developers that was created by. Um, you know, lesser standard uh, documentation and developer tooling because it was growing so fast and people were doing their own thing. And so people had not stopped to do some of those important pieces because they were just, you know, striving forward really hard and fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the founders uh, came up with this idea and it really was born from a bunch of Terra founders. Uh, original advisory was a who's who of Terra founders and engineers and 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 developers. Um, so, 
you know, it was born from that. And in February, when I made the decision to retire, I reached out to Chauncey more as a resource and saying, hey, I know you've recently done this jump from from legacy to Web3. Do you have any advice? And he was like, well, we're kind of putting this thing together that you might be interested in maybe doing a little advising on. And I met the whole team and it was uh, amazing. Um, and, you know, he and Nate, Nate's uh, TFL, former TFL research analyst, been in blockchain for a long time, advises on a number of projects, very well respected in the space. Um, and uh, another legacy guy like me, uh, Dan, who's been a 15-year project manager um, working on um, tech and infra and some global initiatives for GE, uh, the four of us got together and we started to build this thing. Uh, so really it was um, you know, just nice opportunity, nice serendipity to be in the right place at the right time and part of the right conversation. And also the right chemistry of the four of us really, you know, vibing well together and each having our own spot in in the planning and the execution. Yeah, I think one of the big advantages that I saw and just doing my background research that once again, you guys have such a you cover such a wide area of uh, background expertise. I mean, anything from Chauncey and his business background and then philanthropy, your education background, Nate working with TFL and leading one of the largest blockchain projects and the history of the space, uh, especially one of the largest stablecoin projects in the history of the space. Um, so just seeing that and seeing how ambitious everything was and now um, being able to ever bring everyone together and put it into something that you where you know like you've all seen these problems before, but you've never actually been able to address them uh, and take it head on will definitely and hopefully provide um, a lot of value going forward for for the rest of Web3. And I'm curious now as you get into, you know, what it, what it means to be a member of the Web3 Builders Alliance. Um, you know, what does it necessarily mean to be a student or how do you graduate? Uh, could you just provide an overview of maybe what the coursework is like? Mm -hmm. um, how do you enroll? Just just get down to the details. I guess if, if I'm applying, like I'm going to college or something, you know, what is that like? Yeah, I'm gonna, I am gonna I got to take a sip of caffeine for this one. Hang on. So... Let me kind of just back up just a hair because I, I think it's really important to mention that, you know, one of the things that aligned the four of us so strongly was this, this singular focus on a mission um, to serve the space through education and building public goods. This was, you know, this is at the core of who we are. And anytime we're making any hard decisions or we're stuck on a topic, you know, we, we just ask ourselves a very simple mission aligned question. And, you know, is this serving the space? How so? Uh, and it really helps uh, ground us in what our purpose is here. So, um, you know, the Web3 Builders Alliance, our institute is uh, based on a university model. And the reason we do this is because there is a ton of really great introduction, get your hands dirty, um, get started type material out there where anybody who wants to get a taste of becoming a developer in the space can go ahead and do some really good tutorials, access some good content. Um, but that content is really fragmented and it's hard to know what is up to date because things are ever changing. And it's also hard to know, you know, the path to take. So, the Web3 Builders Alliance is kind of that next level up. It is university style. It's for the people with some background that are ready for a more intense and higher level experience. Um, and also for uh, an experience that after two and a half months in a capstone defense, 
they're ready to step in and be, you know, real contributing engineers and developers on projects, not go in and get a junior dev job and learn on the job, et cetera. So, you know, that's kind of the mindset. The other part of the mindset with how we've designed this is that we really value the human component of it, which is why the live part of the Web3 Builders Alliance Institute is so central. Um, while we do want to automate a number of components and create content and build this out so that we can scale, we've committed to never doing that at the risk of losing the human component. Because at the end, I'm jumping to the end before I give you the beginning. At the end of this experience, our cadets are going to be certified by us. We're putting our name on them and we're backing them. We are going to support them in getting positions. And when people come to us seeking developers or seeking projects, we're going to be able to talk about not only the skill set and the productivity and show a portfolio of a cadet, but we're also going to be able to talk about what kind of people they are and what kind of collaborative uh, skills they have and what kind of people they work with and what kind of projects they're passionate about because we're going to be able to bring that human component to it. So starting at the beginning, jumping backwards, um, the application window is opened. Um, we already have close to enough to uh, see two full cohorts. Um, and we are going to, when I say cohort, these are groups of 12 to 15 learners and we're gonna group them as hom homogeneously as possible. So the application process allows us to have a lens into their backgrounds, their interests, their strengths, their areas that they need to work on. And so we're gonna group them accordingly to make sure that we have uh, both operational excellence, but also an efficiency in the coursework because they're gonna be close enough in experience and background that they can move fast at the same time as one another and they can go slower at the same time as one another. So that's really a gift and an opportunity and it also allows us to um, have different tracks. One may not be more advanced than another, it just is gonna move faster at certain parts than others and it allows us that flexibility to differentiate the experience according to the learner need. So um, the application process is open. Uh, it is posted on our Twitter, come build with us with the DL as uh, crypto-esque. Um, come build with us on Twitter. Our website is live, um, uh, web3builders.dev. Um, and our Discord is being revamped right now. So we were formerly TBA uh on terra and um we have rebranded obviously and so we really cleaned everything out and we're rebuilding everything hmm. so upon applying um you know we're reviewing these applications it was the first thing i did this morning we had a nice little flow in last night after our uh twitter space and um we're looking at githubs and we're looking at background and we're looking at interests and we're looking at um you know coding experience etc so uh, once we have our cohort set um, we will engineer those cohorts and get them um, aligned according to what I just mentioned. I've got three instructors, all senior blockchain developers that also have a passion for education that, you know, to demonstrate that uh, they have hung with us for three or four months before getting paid a penny. So they're really mm -hmm. invested in what we're doing here. Um, and we developed a curriculum, um, and I'll give you a quick path about how that worked. You know, we, we really did a lot of research on what the best practices out there are, specifically with Rust and Cosmwasm, uh, found the best materials and continue to do that. So on a daily basis, I'm, I'm still calling 
um, the world trying to find the best resources. And so I've experienced a lot of good and not so good stuff. Also trying to build out multimodal uh, content. In other words, not just good reading, but good video and even some good tasks mm. and some good tools that are easy to use on some virtual environments to, excuse me, to practice with. So really, you know, trying to make sure that every learner has what he or she needs to be successful. So um, upon launch, so uh, actually it's important to mention, we're not going to reject anybody. Okay. We will defer people to a future cohort. And if somebody needs a little more of something, we're going to give that to them prescriptively. Um, you know, off of the Twitter space last night, I have 15 DMs asking me questions because I told everybody, if you're interested in doing this, DM me. Let me find out a little bit about your background. Let me tell you some things you could do to better prepare to be successful in a future cohort. So we're going to do that. One of our applicants I actually sent um, a one-hour boot camp video and said, do, do this, set it up in Replit, which is a cool little tool. Um, and that will get you, that will bridge that little bit of gap between you can come in and struggle or you can come in and be successful. Mm. So that's kind of our mindset. Our goal, again, is to serve the community. We want to get as many really strong developers out there and we want them building cool stuff while they're in the, in the, in the Institute. So once we start, it's a 10 week Institute that comprises three, uh, 90 minute live sessions a week. And, um, you know, learning is broken into four types of knowledge. There's factual knowledge, there's conceptual knowledge, which most adults, you know, adult learning theory can do on their own. They can read, they can watch videos, they can do some simple tasks. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a procedural and what's called metacognitive. It's a big fancy word, but it's really basically reasoning, um, learning. That is going to happen collaboratively led by multiple blockchain developer experts in the live sessions, 90 minutes, three times a week. Okay, and so that's gonna we're gonna lead them through again, mostly Rust Cosmosm, a lot of philosophical about architecture. Uh, we're gonna get you know we're gonna get into a little bit of Go for the sake of SDK. We're gonna get into how relayers work. Uh, increasingly, we're gonna move into IBC. I actually spent time yesterday researching some good material for interchain accounts and ICS because we don't want to just prepare them for what they would be doing today, you know, in the middle of June. But we want to make sure that we're looking forward enough and, and trying to extrapolate and correctly predict what they're going to need to be successful in the next wave. So we're constantly iterating on the curriculum. During mm -hmm. the course, they're going to they're gonna build a lot. And they're not going to build checkers games and incrementing counters. They're going to build meaningful stuff. So we're going to identify, and we're already in the process. I spent, I spent time on, in the discords for the Cosmos Chains Daily looking at what people are asking for. Like, gosh, I wish this existed. Boom, that goes right into my list. And so then as, a, and as an education team, we look at that and we say, what skills go into this? When are we teaching that? How can we use this meaningful public good project as the, the tool for them to learn? So we're not building meaningless stuff. We're building meaningful stuff. They're also building from day one. You know, the first week they're going to be able to work on documentation. The first week mm -hmm. they're going to be able to work on versioning. The first week they're going to be able to, to make short video clips to become part of our content library on what they've learned. So, Everything's going to be meaningful and purposeful, and they're going to do that for 10 weeks. 
increasingly getting granular into the different chains and the different nuances and the difference between a Juno smart contract and a secret smart contract. You know, how does IBC work, etc. They're going to have some choice towards the end. They're also going to be working mostly the last three or four weeks on the aforementioned capstone. Every cadet to get certified needs to defend a capstone project. So it's important to note, everyone that finishes doesn't get a trophy. Okay, you need to finish successfully. Everything is going to be evaluated. But as with not rejecting anybody and giving people what they need to be more successful, we're going to give people the feedback and they're going to be able to redo whatever they need to redo to make sure that they demonstrate the acumen and, and, and mastery that's necessary for us to put that certified grad on them. Mm-hmm. And so the capstone projects are essentially going to be proof of concepts, MVPs and perhaps research papers, depending on the individual. And they're going to be defended, and once they're accepted, they become certified graduates. Um, The nice thing there is our different partners are going to be part of that defense panel and be able to see these top developers before they hit the open market and their projects if they want to incubate them before they hit the open market. So that's a general overview. There's a lot to break down there. And yeah. what I, there's a lot to break down there. Um, we could just start with the capstone projects, but I think sure. our friend Nate has arrived. I think he, I think his connection has, uh, has been stabilized. Nate, can you hear us? Yeah. Yeah. I'm listening in. Um, I'll do my best to add some thoughts where I can. I'm, I'm in transit right now. <laughs> All right, great. Awesome. Um, happy, yeah, happy to have you in the conversation, though. And uh, if you if you want to add to anything, please speak up. But um, I want to ask you now because first off, the whole capstone project reminds me of, of like a, a thesis statement or, or a thesis project. And you know, when you for me, for example, I mean, COVID ruined my whole entire experience. But I was supposed to write a, a long form thesis, and I had to go defend it. And what I love about this is that you're doing it in front of a, a Web three panel, so um, it's not just the people who are running the Web3 Builders Alliance, this could be a rotating board of people who are just passionate about the Cosmos ecosystem and they know and they want to see, you know, what's the best out there. And so with these capstone projects, are you trying to create a collection of just different um, ideas and concepts? Uh, and I guess like it's like a published research paper, right? So it, it goes, are you going to be putting out to the world for publicly or is it going to be more of a private thing? So, I mean, look, everything we're going to do is going to be open source. It's going to be mm-hmm. public. Um, you know, but And the idea here, it's not necessarily a paper, though. Um, some of these are going to be actual dApps. Some mm-hmm. of these are going to be projects. I mean, I would say most of them are going to be um, dApps. And so the idea is once they've defended them and, and they've gotten feedback, it becomes a little not part capstone, but also part, you know, Shark Tank. Um, yeah. because they're also defending against people that might be um, future fund uh, funding sources for them, future homes for them on the blockchains of the representatives on the capstone board. Um, and the other part of it is this, you know, uh, for some of those projects that maybe aren't ready for prime time, they're going to have an opportunity to continue to, to grow those things in-house with us and get the support that they need. And, you know, we'll be able to, you know, eventually be somewhat of a DAP house and be able to um, incubate those as well. Hmm. Yeah, that is, there's a very interesting aspect to all of this that you're taking in these 
somewhat experienced developers or finding them into being Web3 developers and then having them then pitch out something uh, basically in a, in a grant format. Because I know a lot of, I mean, look at Uniswap, for example, which was just funded by a grant. Uh, Hayden James just came up with the idea one day, but didn't really have much of a technical background. He had to learn everything on his own. Um, and I feel like if he had something, the Web3 Builders Alliance, to, to kind of walk him towards that path, uh, it probably would have made things a little bit easier for him because I've heard his story and it, it's pretty unbelievable yeah. how he had to kind of go do it all on his own. Um, and then I also want to ask you about the cohorts. So you have all these different classes coming in. You're going to have 12 to 15 for this first cohort. Um, in the future, for example, so has someone who is just above no code. So they have a very, very baseline knowledge of it. And they want to do a 10-week crash course to get them to the basics. Uh, would you potentially be building out multiple classes so you had like the, the amateur, the intermediate, the advanced? Um, is, that, is that the eventual hope that you, you want to kind of schedule it in a more bracketed sense, more of a... I guess how you in like university you have the different four classes seniority right so is that one of the potential ideas in the future so um you know the interesting thing is like i mentioned there's a lot of really good introductory material out there but at the same mm -hmm. time you know i mentioned that anytime we're, we're faced with a question or a challenge as a team we ask ourselves you know is this is this building out the developer um you know population and is it serving the ecosystem in a positive way. Um, I would say that we'll definitely be creating a lot of content. We will be increasingly automating a lot of the components of our of our courses um, without ever fully going there because again, I mentioned the the human part of it is super important to us. But I would say that you know providing content and guidance for beginners is is definitely something that we'll do in some form. Um, I don't know that we would have a full 10 week course for the absolute beginner, but I don't know uh, if that is what the ecosystem needs. And if we are, if we feel like it's not being provided elsewhere and we can do it really well, we'll do it. That's great. Yeah. And this is going to be like a market based reflection thing, right? What might work in a bear market right now? might not be the training that's needed or necessary in a bull market, right? So we want to have our pulse on the crypto market uh, with what it needs. And since they're 10-week classes, you know, we can quickly iterate and change that material up as we see fit. And so whether that means, you know, scaling more towards mastery-level classes, such as like what a master's class might look like or a master's certificate, we can scale in that direction. Or if we see... Um, there's really a shortage and we need to focus on uh, more rudimentary developer skills, we can we can shift. And as we grow, ideally, we can have, like you were saying, several running at the same time. But right now, it's more about just getting the thing going so that we can calibrate and augment as we go. Yeah. And right now is the perfect time to be launching a program of this nature because it's the bear market. It's time to be building, uh, yeah. as everyone says. Also, is there a right, tuition? Right. Yes. Is Sorry, I'll go ahead. Yeah, I'll just add to that. Like, this is one bear market hedge, right? This is the only bear market hedge is investing in developers, right? Because they retain their value throughout all market cycles. And that's something really important to understand here. Yeah. Hmm. Is there going to be a, a tuition fee for people who apply to this? Totally free. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's a free course. Um, but look, you know, it's free monetarily, but it's not free. You know, it, it's going to take effort. It's going to take right. some commitment. Um, it's going to it's going to take some resilience. 
Um, I don't want to scare anybody off, but you're going to work hard, but it's going to be worth it. You know, I, I get the question sometimes and it might be something you're going to bring up, Rick, but you know, you know me, I'll jump the gun. You know, someone's like, someone asked me, why wouldn't someone just go be a junior developer and do this on their own? Well, I mean, some people are wired that way. And for some learners, that's going to make sense. Um, and, and more power to them. And I totally respect that. Um, a lot of the people that are interested in that are getting excited about this project it, are people that, um, you know, that are more used to collaborative learning led by a facilitator who is expert, you know, not necessarily formal classroom teacher, da, 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 but people that learn better with people near them that they could riff with. And an expert nearby to say, hey, why is this happening? And that person knows them well enough to come over and say, I know you as a learner. I'm going to phrase this in a way that you're going to easily understand and grasp and, and retain. So, um, you know, so while the self-starter, I'm going to go read a bunch of documentation and, and watch some videos or become uh, a junior developer and learn by fire, that works for some people, but the the scope of what they're learning is probably more narrow because we're going to hit a much larger surface area. It probably takes longer. And at the end of two and a half months, who, you know, who is more prepared to do some high level stuff? And let's just say it, who's more prepared to, to earn a more high level salary? It's going to be mm -hmm. people coming out of a two and a half month product uh, process like this. And not only just a process like that, but you're also building something. You're going to have tangible totally. things to show. Right. You don't have to go to the trial by fire because, you know, one of the big criticisms that when you go through a learning program is that you don't actually do. You just learn or or you're just absorbing what's being fed back to you. But it sounds like you guys really want to structure it. So you come out of this having built stuff, having put together a, a portfolio, a resume that you can then show to a future potential employers. Um, yeah. Well, and then on top of that, the other part is, you know, in the space, there is definitely a, a, an epidemic of people shilling themselves with materials that aren't their own. Mm. And so we are able to, to tell, to assure people, look, this is this person's work. And we know this person is a human being. Feel confident hiring this person. Because we, when we place cadets in these jobs, we don't, we don't want them to be three months and out. We want to make good placements that are long lasting. And that's just, that's part of knowing them as people. Mm -hmm. And I want to, that's actually a perfect bridge into my next topic that I want to move into. But also you did mention the whole junior developer portion, which was a question of mine I did have in the, in the future. So um, yeah, definitely <laughs> an important, important aspect I want to want to touch upon though. It's like, sure. why, why not just go out and just do it? Um, and I think, I think you, you gave a great detailed explanation there. So moving to the problems though, that you currently have with finding you know, Web3 developers are finding um, potential talent, whether it's entry level or more advanced. Um, you mentioned one of those being you just don't know the people and that they might be uh, plagiarizing their work or stealing it or finding ways to kind of muddy the waters, maybe taking half of it, saying the rest of it's theirs, whatever. Um, do you have any anecdotes? Does anyone have any anecdotes of people or, or experiences with this that has really been detrimental to their project? Um, or just in general, you know, what are other issues that you've seen with the current process in which you recruit Web3 talent? Um, Nate, you want to hit this? Or you want me to go? Because I know you have a little bit of a um, experience with this. All right, I'll go. Um, you know, look, we again, we this was born of from Terra founders, and you know, the biggest issue was 
we can't find well-trained, skilled Rust developers who can use Wakasm Wasm. Um, and, you know, the, and the other part was the barrier to entry into developing on the Cosmos. If you're coming from Web 2 or even if you're coming from uh, an EVM chain is that the developer tooling and the documentation is challenging. It's, it's mm. not as strong as it is um, on EVM at the moment. Um, and so in order to break down those barriers and to make sure that we have um, a wealth of developers as opposed to a dearth of developers, that's what we're doing. The other thing that people are running into a lot is, you know, you hire a developer based on his or her GitHub and interview, and they come in and they're really not who they said they are, and they collect a couple paychecks and they disappear. Um, and that happens. And it happens more often than people are comfortable. But when there's not a lot of developers out there, you're going to take a chance. Um, or you're going to take a chance to give someone a junior dev job and let them, you know, sink or swim. And, you know, we feel that that is not cost or time effective for these projects because look in the web three space, you got to ship, you got to ship. Well, you got to ship safe. You got to ship secure and you got to ship fast. And, you know, if you're losing time because you're not getting the right people working under you, um, because of what any of the above mentioned or other reasons, um, that's that's affecting business, and that, mm. and that can affect you know a first impression, a poor start. You know, it's a hard thing to bounce back from in this space. Yeah, it's a it's a copy and paste industry a lot lately, right? You you've seen this in the bull market where a lot of these protocols are really copy and paste. So many Ave and Compound and deck copy and paste and so a that creates a resume for somebody that really didn't learn anything they just copy and pasted code which anybody can do um and then yeah it creates a negative externality in the, in the entire crypto space right the cost of bad code and hacks that then create bad impressions for uh institutions that want to invest in the crypto space think of all the lost capital that we've got because of hacks and code errors that have really soured the taste in people's mouths. So this, ideally, as we move more towards this model, uh, we can start solving some of those and start um, shoring up some of those negative externality costs. Yeah. I was going to mention. Mean, just, yeah, to add yeah. on to that, I mean, the, the, our source of, of recruits, you know, I mean, it is open to anybody, but we're really, you know, we've aligned with Blockchain Accelerator Foundation, which is the biggest university blockchain uh, organization in the world, Ben, which is mm. Blockchain Education Network. So, you know, we're really trying to also get young talent with a passion for blockchain and are, quite frankly, most used to this type of learning to jump into this program. And the thing is that so many people went through their whole lives probably doing some sort of form that's similar to this type of learning. It's yeah. not throwing you out there in the wild saying, go look at the documentation, go learn this language. Um, just go do it on your own. You're finally giving some structure to this. Um, and also the security aspect that Nate mentioned as well is, is so important. And I really don't think it can be overstated as to how necessary it is to make sure that we're preparing people to build quality dApps uh, that are secure, that are easy to use, and that won't get hacked because millions upon millions of dollars of assets under management locked up um, in whatever uh, DEX or DAP or 
whatever it might be, um, having that have a potential compromise, seeing it go down, uh, will ultimately just put a stain on the space. Uh, it invites mm-hmm. unnecessary regulations that may or may not actually do anything. Um, and it really just, it just gives the sharks a scent of blood and they start to swarm as a result. And so giving people finally that, that aspect, cause you can't have, you can't bring in someone who you don't know if they're actually successful at doing what they're doing. You have to kind of go off a of GitHub, which is open source, you know, it's open. You can just copy and paste theoretically something in there. Um, giving people that an ability to then learn and know that the people coming out of this program will not put you on the front page of a, a coin desk or, or any other blockchain publisher. Um, it, it makes it help you sleep at night. That's for sure. And knowing that you're getting quality developers out of this whole thing um, yeah. will certainly, certainly be a great aspect. And I want to then, take that to the next step. So for example, a lot of the internships that I've ever been involved with or all the programs that I've gone to, they usually, or my university, for example, they all have some sort of alumni network, um, career network. Basically, when you, you finish the program, you're going to give you some options. They'll put you in some touch with some people and, and you never know what might happen. Um, for the Web3 Builders Alliance, will you have some sort of job bank? Um, will you actively help these cadets get into their first position? Um, maybe do some networking, professional help as well with that guidance. Uh, what's the plan there when they start to finish up the program? Maybe you hit week eight. Uh, what, what's the next step? What, where are you looking after that? Well, this, so I mean, wanna, can I hop in there real quick? So I want to bridge this back mm-hmm. to like the free question because this is really important to connect these two things. Um, so while these students might not be paying to enter the course, they are certainly going to be doing work that has an assigned value, such as the DAP houses that they're going to build, such as uh, protocol work that they're going to do for other protocols. But more importantly, we're going to place these individuals just like a traditional placement agency. And so all those are things that they pay forward in lieu of not paying for the services up front. And Jeff can take it from there and go a little more depth into that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. We we've been working together enough that that's uh, exactly where I would have gone with that, Nate. And you know, the opportunities. You know, we talk about us being very people centric. You know, it doesn't end at ten weeks or or even at the end of the capstone. Um, you know, certified grads are part of the family. I mean, we we feel like we're going to do important work and serve the space. And we talk about education and service. If you look at our webpage, our, our three pillars are uh, learn, build, connect. And, and that connect part is really what we're talking about here. And that, it, you know, at the end, we're going to connect people with aligned values who have, you know, common needs that fit. Projects are going to come to us and need a developer to, to replace somebody and we'll know the right fit and we'll, we'll get that person there. And the other side of it is there might be some founders or some projects out there that don't have any developers that are brand new that want a whole team and we'll be able to put a whole team together for them. But besides that, you know, our, our, our graduates are going to be able to do things like come back and teach in the, in the Institute, do research, do continuing education projects, join our our eventual auditing track where you know you mentioned security rick you know we're we're Mm -hmm. that is a big part even during the actual cohort they're going to study some audits to learn from them we're not teaching auditing during the 10 weeks but that's going to be a follow-up so there's a lot of things afterwards that we've already thought of and there's going to be stuff afterwards you know as we grow that we're going to think of which is opportunities to put these well-trained humans uh, to work doing important stuff 
in-house, out-of-house, on their own, whatever. That is central to our ethos. One of the important aspects of any program is not even necessarily the 10 weeks that you get from it, all the, all the value you get from there. It's what comes next. How do you take that on? I mean, you can, I can tell you how many times I've gone through a, a course or a test or whatever. And the minute I finish it, I forget all the material. I go off to summer break and I never care about whatever random gen ed course I had to be assigned, assigned up yeah. for in the spring. Right. So giving people that, I mean, obviously people are a little more interested because they're, they're coming in they're They're, they're passionate about blockchain. So they're, they're clearly yeah. want to learn about this subject, but regardless, it's just important to have that continuous effect where they can then contribute back on, give some research and then potentially teach, uh, yeah. down the line for future, uh, groups and cohorts. Um, you also know that, um, between the group of us, we are well connected. Right. Yeah. That... <laughs> so we know a lot of people, and a lot of people are waiting for our cadets. So I, I'm sure there will not be any uh, lack of opportunity. And that always helps. Yeah. It always helps. <laughs> and that's a great thing about this, too, is the network. It's the networking as well, because there's really a poor, there's, there's really no continuity. No, what's the word I'm looking for? Continuity. That's what I'm looking for. There's no continuity when it comes to Web3 professionalism right now. I feel like everyone's almost operating in their own spheres. Uh, and you almost have to hope that you meet the right person who can get you into the right place um, and potentially get the right fit for the job. Where here you actually have a network, you have the people who have they're reaching out to different places in different corners of, of Web3. Um, they're working with different interest holders uh, and different stakeholders and people will be able to hopefully land in a spot where they feel good about without you know having to throw out blind applications on some uh, online HR portal, which is uh, not, not the most fun process, I can tell you. No. Um, before we get into our, our final subjects here, I do want to ask you about a co the Cosmos aspect or just the blockchains that you're interested in focusing on here. So... Um, obviously EVM has a lot of, a lot of, uh, educational material out there for those who are interested. Solidity has a ton of educational material out there. Um, a lot of the programming languages such as Rust, 50-50 in terms of the amount of, uh, educational material out there, at least in my case. Um, but you know, like things like JavaScript, widely available, people can learn that. Why are you focusing potentially on Cosmwasm, IBC? Um, what about this what about what about Cosmos really excites you? Because I think after the collapse of Terra, people are kind of asking themselves, um, should I move over to Cosmos? Like, what's going on here? I don't really know anything about it. There are so many lunatics who I don't think actually ever really interacted outside of Terra, um, which I mean, I don't really blame them because there's so much to do on Terra. Mm -hmm. But what is what what do you see as being the big value prop for those who might be skeptical of Cosmos or don't necessarily want to come over to um, the more broader Cosmos ecosystem or world? I mean, look, the, the two easy answers just in general are the people and the tech. Mm -hmm. um, just love the people. I mean, it's a very, very cool, you know, it's chill, but you have your intense folks um, and it is burgeoning. I mean, you know, in a conversation last night, you know, we were talking about how, you know, as excited as, as we are about supporting Juno and Osmosis and, you know, Secret and, uh, you know, some of the other chains that are a little bit more established at the moment, I'm 
as just as excited about the eight or 10 other chains out there that haven't even launched yet that are going to be killing it next time we're in a bull market that no one knows about. I mean, there are projects out there, I mean, Injective and Evemos, and and there's some others that I, I can't say their names yet because no one knows who they are that are going to be so central and that are that are really striving forward to, um, you know, make the cosmos just stronger. And look, Cosmos is, has been around for a while. Tendermint is the gold standard, you know, um, consensus mechanism. It is rock solid. It is the mm. best proof of stake. You know, you got a lot of people over on Ethereum worrying about ZK rollups and, and, and you know, proof of useful work and other types of consensus mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And those are great. And that research is super important. And that forward thinking is super important. You don't have a lot of that in the cosmos because tender mint is rock solid. It is, it is the best proof of stake. And so why mess with that? Mm-hmm. Um, Rust, super, mm-hmm. super safe. It is a safe language. Yeah. Is it hard to learn? Yep. Is Cosm Wasm an amazing tool? Yep. Does it have some some kinks sometimes plugging in? Uh, yeah. I mean, does the fact that, you know, Cosm Wasm and smart contracts are in Rust and Cosmos SDK is Go-based, can that be a challenge? Yeah. But is it all rock solid? Totally. Mm-hmm. You know, the IBC stuff is great. You know, it is strong. Yet the interchain account is being developed and the ics is being developed so the people and the technology um people get along great uh, you don't have the territorialism you know the tribalism so much you have a little bit but it, it is a much greater community um and it just it's just a good fit for what we do at the moment and they need us mm-hmm. They need what we're bringing, quite frankly. I want to, I want to bring Nate into this question as well, just real quick. But the uh, the tribalism aspect is very important that you mentioned there, and that is look at who was looking for all the Terra developers the minute everything went down. Who was who had open arms? Who was saying come join us? Who actually knew the amount of talent that was building on the first Terra chain? Um, and that was the Cosmos ecosystem. They knew that there were talented developers there. Everyone else was making fun of people who were lunatics. They were making fun of people who lost their entire projects or everything they've been working for, except for almost every single person heavily involved in Cosmos. Because they know. I mean, they knew yeah. there was something going on there and they wanted that talent and they wanted to bring it in. So I think that speaks a lot to the character of um, the Cosmos Cosmos ecosystem, uh, and, and, and definitely the resiliency, I think, of that community there. And then, Nate, I want to I ask you as well, um, and to simply sum up the question I asked Jeff, why Cosmos, or why Cosmosm slash IBC? Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's other chains out there, um, and the, every, every chain had this problems. We're not going to sit here and say that, like, Cosmos is perfect. There's certainly things that need to change with Cosmos, and you know, bringing more talent to the Cosmos ecosystem is going to help change that. But there were a lot of great things happening at Terra. And all those services, all, the, all that talent has started to ship over to the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I was a little bit hesitant to move over to the Cosmos ecosystem because it felt like it had been, felt like it hadn't been moving forward at this pace that other systems had been moving forward. Other chains had been moving forward. But all of a sudden... There was a silver lining here when the Terra 
entire ecosystem collapse. And now you're seeing a wave of massive interest in the Cosmos ecosystem, right? It's not just the tenement consensus mechanism, right? You actually need to have people that believe in the ecosystem and you need to have good talent there. You need to have a robust TVL. We're all, we're starting to see all those things happening. You know, DXPY coming over is, is a huge, huge part of that. Um, Delphi coming over, building Mars protocol over there. Um, as long as we can continue to support this and create developers that can support these new protocols, I think that Cosmos can actually have a shot at becoming one of the top layer ones out there. Hmm. That's a very interesting point. And I think actually today, I think Kujira just launched their mainnet. And I think that is a Tendermint, Tendermint blockchain. But <laughs> if I'm getting this wrong, yeah, yeah. Tendermint SDK, yeah. No, so they're they're also you know building a part of this ecosystem. I think it's very interesting. I don't also I don't want to trash other um, blockchains who are like Polygon, for example. I know has done a lot of great work um, with bringing in a lot of the Terra developers. There's a lot of others as well. But I know I know that's the Cosmos uh, team and a lot of the blockchains based on Cosmos SDK and using the IBC have been really welcoming to a lot of. Um, a lot of projects looking for a new home. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, well, I want to hop in. Like we were saying before that, you know, our network, most of our network is mm -hmm. here in the cosmos. And for us to be yeah. able to best serve our cadets when they, when they graduate, you know, most of the, most of our friends and projects are, are here and make sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we believe in a multi-chain future. Our future roadmap is not just, while it's cosmos centric, we believe in bridging over to Nier. We believe in bridging over to Polygon. We believe in bridging over to Ethereum and training in Solidity. Um, mm -hmm. I think it, it would be pretty close-minded to think that cosmos will be the only chain of the future. And I just want to iterate that we're not, we're not maximalist in that kind of sense. Yeah, totally agree. That's great. Um, I appreciate I appreciate that statement as well from Nate. There, you know, we don't really know where this is all going, but just give people the tools to build, see what happens. I think that's that's the best case scenario with that. Uh, are there going to be any decentralized aspects to any of this? Because I know, um, you know, grab it out. We're all about decentralization. We're all about uh, enabling decentralized communities, giving people the tools to build uh, and organize um, DAOs. And, whatever organized people essentially is the motto here so uh will web3 builders alliance have maybe any sort of like nft collection i don't know token anything of that nature plan or he's going to keep it simple hey yeah, you want to take that one yeah i'll do that um we've got we've got several plans in the pipeline a we want to create an nft certificate and certification of developers right so that as a developer completes the um, completes the program, they are certified through an NFT that is on chain, that's completely immutable, and can then different levels as they get different certificates through us can grow. Uh, that's something that doesn't exist, right? A developer certification, and I think that we can continue to build on that. Perhaps even further into the future, it could be NFT certification for different security auditing platforms. Eventually, as more of our cadets graduate and become actual parts, become actual teachers and administrators in the Web3 Builder Alliance, eventually a DAO will rise. That's just the natural evolution of what we have here. Um, and sure, certainly there is a possibility for a token in the future, but I kind of tend towards the side of don't focus on the token, focus on something that creates value, focus on multiple revenue streams. 
if you can make that work, if you can make <laughs> revenue happen, then you release a token, then that token makes sense. Yeah. Well put. And the only other part that I would add to that is, you know, the educational experience that our cadets are going to get is going to have a lot of the philosophy and belief systems of best practices in Web3. And decentralization is right there at the top. And so there's going to be a tremendous amount of attention and conversation and iteration with that value in mind. You know, how are we maintaining safe, secure, decentralized process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good it's just one of those things. I want to make sure you get a chance to point out there. Sure. Um, obviously, I'm not like I'm not saying there's going to be an FT collection tomorrow sort of deal. But I just want to make sure that you guys have the chance to say, you know, how are you contributing? Um, how, how where you're standing with that ethos? Um, I don't, I mean, it dep- for an educational institution too, I wouldn't say it's the most vital thing that you have right away is some sort of DAO aspect or all of that. Cause I mean, you want people to be able to learn first and foremost, and you want to build right. that product and then ship it. So, um, I appreciate you sharing some of those details though. I- I'm sure the NFT certificates, um, will be more popular as the years, uh, as we advance in the years here. Um, yeah. I'm sure licensing will, we'll see more and more of that coming up for sure. Uh, my final question for you all is simply, is there anything that you did not get a chance to mention in this call that you'd like to speak up about? Uh, you know, Rick, you always do such a good job of asking these questions and, and, and tying it all together. So I always enjoy our time. It, all, it never feels like it's as long as it is, not that it's long. Um, no, I mean, I would, I would encourage anybody who is interested to reach out. You know, my DMs are open, Um, you know, reach out to us through the website, reach out, don't disqualify yourself because you don't think you're ready or anything like that. Reach out. I, you know, I interacted with 12 people this morning who DM'd me off of the Twitter spaces last night because I invited them to do that just like I'm doing this and, and I'm engaging them and helping them figure out where to start. The hardest thing to do is to know where to start and the second hardest thing is to ask for someone to help you. So let me help you. If you're interested, reach out. I will absolutely take the time to ask you a couple questions about where you are and help you figure out how to get started. And if you want to get involved, fill out the application. Let us take a look at it. We'll be in the system. And we'll reach out to you and let you know also where, where do you need to go from here in order to be prepared. Mm-hmm. And just uh, just for people who are interested, what is the best place to reach out? Twitter, uh, come build with us. And um, web, the web page at uh, web3builders.dev. There's a contact email that actually comes directly to me. So um, either of those places, you could DM me or you could at me, JapperJam. Um, and what I'll probably do is invite you into Discord because it's just a lot easier for us to chat there. And if we want to jump on a video call to riff a little bit, happy to do that. It's it's what I enjoy. Perfect. Jeff and Nate, I want to thank you. He's a master of that, and I, I really agree everything he says there. Great. Yep. Guys, yeah, definitely reach out if you can. All the links will be in the show notes. Uh, all the information found that Jeff just mentioned and Nate just mentioned will all be down below. Um, both of you gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I think there's a lot of uh, exciting information to be presented here to the rest of the Web3 world. Um, and so I really hope to see the program's first cohort succeed uh, and that we begin hearing stories about this growing this growing professional network in the Cosmos space. Awesome. Thanks so much, Rick. Thanks so thank much for your time.